0: The planet hid itself from the Earthman. And what lay behind the mask was fierce and deadly. The Masked World by Jack Williamson. That's next on the Lost Sci-Fi Podcast. Five-star reviews are coming in from everywhere. T.T. Boy from Apple Podcasts Canada gave us five stars recently and said, Great podcast. Excellent narration fantastic stories thanks for your review Kitty and Leelu, via Apple Podcast Great Britain says your voice is incredible the books aren't so bad either in all honesty though the story choices and themes are so wonderful and so exactly what the doctor ordered that I feel blessed to find this podcast you have a genuine gift bring these lost gems to life please keep it up for a long time Ekaterina thank you for your review I think I'm blushing and this comes to us from Apple Podcasts Romania me 98898 says excellent production quality and content great quality and a pleasure to listen thanks Remember, you do not have to listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts to review us on Apple Podcasts. And since more people listen there than any place else, your review can make an impact. Thanks for doing everything you do to make us one of the top science fiction podcasts in the world. We get requests for us to make merchandise with a design that you choose. Recently, we received a request for an alien stoner. Consider your request fulfilled. Your alien stoner design is ready for sale and it's already popular. There's a link in the description. At one time, we were reluctant to create podcast episodes that were really short, but you said, You wanted to hear some short stories. You asked for it, and we love to give you what you want. Let's go back in time more than 60 years. From Worlds of Tomorrow magazine in October 1963, you will find our story on page 160, The Masked World by Jack Williamson. The planet wore a mask. At ten million miles, it was a sullen yellow eye. At one million, a scarred and evil leer. Outside the smoking circle, our landing jets had sterilized. It was a hideous veil of hairy black tentacles and huge sallow blooms, hiding the riddle of its sinister genes. On most worlds that we astronauts have found, the life is vaguely like our own. Similar nucleotides are linked along similar helical chains of DNA, carrying similar genetic messages. A similar process replicates the chains when the cells divide to carry the complex blueprints for a particular root or eye or wing accurately down across 10,000 generations. But even the genes were different here, enormously complicated. Here, the simplest-seeming weed had more and longer chains of DNA than anything we had seen before. What was their message? We had come to read it with our new genetic microprobe. A hundred precious tons of microscopic electronic gear, it was designed to observe and manipulate the smallest units of life. It could reach even those strange genes. That was our mission. Ours was the seventh survey ship to approach the planet. Six before us had been lost without trace. We were here to find out why. Our pilot was Lance Landark, a lean, hard man, silent and cold as the gray cased microprobe. We hated him, until someone learned why he had volunteered to come. His wife had been pilot of the ship before us. When we knew that, We began to hear the hidden tension in his tired voice, monotonously calling on every band, Come in, Six. Come in, Six. Six never came in. For two days we watched the planet. The shallow ditch our jets had dug, the charred stumps, the jungle beyond, the visible mask of those monstrous genes, rank, dark, Utterly alien. At the third dawn, Lance Landark took two of us out in a copter. Flying a grid over the landing area, we mapped six shallow pockmarks on that scowling wilderness where our ships must have landed. We dropped into the newest crater, where black stumps jutted like broken teeth out of queerly bare-red muck. A yellow scum stream oozed across it, By the stream, we found a fine-boned human skeleton. A nightmare plant stood guard beside the bones. Its thick leaves were strangely tweaked, twisted with vegetable agony, half-poisoned spine and half-blighted bloom. Shapeless blobs of rotting fruit were falling from it over those slender bones. Lance Landark stood up. Her turquoise thunderbird. He showed us the bit of blackened silver and blue-veined stone. Back on Terra, back when we were student pilots, we bought it from an Indian in an old, old town called Santa Fe. He bent again. Lilith, he whispered. Lilith, what killed you? We found no other bones, nothing even to tell us what force or poison kept the creeping jungle back from that solitary plant. We left at dusk. Tenderly, Lance Landark brought the gathered bones. Carefully, we carried a few leaves and dried pods from that crazy sentinel plant. We found no other clue. Patiently, day by forty-hour day, we searched the other sites. We found jet marks and stumps and teeming weeds but nothing like that tormented nightmare over Lilith Landark's skeleton. We found no wreckage, nothing to show how the planet had murdered the lost expeditions. Day by eternal day, the unknown leered from the secret places of its genes. It was all vegetable. We saw no animal movement, heard no cry or insect hum. The silence became suffocating. Day after desperate day, we returned to the microprobe. The answer's in the genes, Lance Landark whispered grimly. We have no other chance. He kept the probe running on the strangest genes of all, those from the plant nightmare that had grown beside his wife. They were like nothing else on the planet. The double-stranded chains of DNA were monstrously long. Many of the nucleotide links held copper or arsenic atoms. Queer, Lance kept muttering. No copper or arsenic in other plants here. I'd like to know why. He was running when we heard the woman scream. In that stifling quiet, her cry unnerved us all. We crowded down to the lock. Tattered, stained with blood-colored juices, She slipped through those coiled, constricting creepers. She splashed out into the open ditch, waving a filthy rag. Halfway to the ship, she fell into the mud. Lance Landark led three of us to bring her in. She whimpered and looked up. Tears streaked the grime on her wasted face. Lance, she gasped. My dear. Lilith but he shrank back suddenly. I found Lilith dead. I am nearly dead. She tried weakly to get up. You see, we're all marooned out there in the bush. Emergency landing. We tried to get off. Wrecked our astrogation gear. Need your spare astropilot. Back. He swung on us. Back aboard. What's wrong? We were stunned. She's your wife. Aboard, in Stantor. we obeyed his deadly voice. Help, she whispered faintly behind us in the mud. Survivors need AstroPilot to plot our way home. The clanging lock cut off her voice. Angrily, we turned on Lance Landark. Hold it, he snapped. I'm not crazy. The planet is. Come along to the micro probe. I'm probing a seed from the plant we found by Lilith's bones. It puzzled me. So much of it was, in spite of the tension, he had to grope for a word to express meaning. Arbitrary. Those shapeless leaves, twisted stalk, that sterile seed. The copper and arsenic in those needless links. Too many genes had no function. No use at all. I just got the key when that thing screamed. The copper and arsenic atoms are not genetic instructions to the plant. They're a message to us. Words replicated a trillion times and concealed in every cell of the plant. Words, someone whispered blankly. Words in the atoms? Written in binary code. His scowl was bleakly triumphant. That weed's a mutant, you see. The real Lilith formed the first cell with her microprobe. She left it, I suppose in her own body, as a message that no pseudo-Lilith could intercept. Outside, that something screamed again. Call each copper atom a dot, he whispered. Call each arsenic a dash. Taken in order along the chains of DNA, they do encode a message. The computer's decoding it now. He punched a button, and the printer whirred. To whoever comes, give no aid to anyone. Get off this planet. Its life is pseudomorphic. Don't let it leave. Just take my love to Lance Landark, from Lilith, his wife, and get off this planet fast. Outside, it uttered a frantic, bubbling screech. We did get off the planet, and we expect to stay away. Next on the Lost Sci-Fi Podcast, the Sexual Morality Act was fierce to Buck, but the Algolian sex surrogate was um, even fiercer. Accept No Substitutes by Robert Checkley.